Hello and welcome to Should I Stay or Should I Go? The podcast providing you with expert career insight and advice from senior people in the fields of insurance and risk management to help you make the right career decisions. Hosted by founder and managing partner of Key Strategies LLC, Mike Tenenbaum. Featuring interviews with those at the top of their game, each podcast explores topical issues coupled with specialist guidance on making your next move in the corporate risk management, insurance brokerage, and the insurance carrier sectors. A seasoned recruiter, Mike Tenenbaum has over 30 years of experience in sourcing top insurance and risk management talent for world-class Fortune 500 companies throughout the US. This experience makes your host the perfect person to kickstart the conversations that will give you the wisdom you need to decide, should I stay or should I go? I am joined today by Megan Miller, who is executive director of the Spencer Educational Foundation. Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Great to have you, Megan. And I've been wanting to talk with you about, you know, the Spencer Educational Foundation, which I have confused that with the Spencer Foundation, as you pointed out to me that, you know, lots of people do that. And it's actually the Spencer Educational Foundation. That's right. Yeah. Especially when you're doing the Google search, that educational piece is important. Yes, because I guess there are other Spencer Foundations, aren't there? There are. Yes. I think there's at least two other Spencer Foundations. So for everyone out there, it's the Spencer Educational Foundation. So Megan, how did you get into the insurance business? So, you know, like most people, it's a roundabout way. It's just sort of by accident. I ended up reaching out to a recruiter. I went to Lehigh University. I studied engineering. But before I started my career, I wanted to do something different. So I actually taught English in Japan for two years. And when I came back, I reached out to Lehigh's career development department, and I just ended up getting in touch with a person at FM Global. He knew I had an engineering background, and as probably most of you know, FM loves engineers, so I ended up at FM. And that was great. It was a really great learning experience. I was a risk engineer. And then from there, I went on to move to a couple different companies in underwriting roles and client management roles. I spent most of my time at Swiss Re favorite position up until now was as a, a key account manager. So, you know, really a marketing and strategy role for our clients. And then I did a little stint at a broker and that wasn't for me. So I took some time to figure out what was the next step. And in the meantime, I was working with Mariah Propis, just talking to her about career opportunities. And Mariah is the most recent chairperson of Spencer. And she, at the time, unbeknownst to me, was creating an executive director role for Spencer, which the organization had never had in its 41-year history. And she was very instrumental in creating that position, and she knew I was looking. And she said, you know, this probably isn't what you're looking to do, but what do you think? And I said, I think it sounds amazing. And I'm also a Spencer scholar, and she didn't even know that. So <laughs> so it, it all kind of worked out, you know, as they say, it just all came together. And um, here I am, I interviewed, you know, it was a competitive process. And they decided to go with someone in the industry as opposed to someone with a nonprofit background. And I'm really glad that they did. And it's been a little over a year now. And I can say my favorite job that I've had in my career so far. Oh, that's awesome. So since you are a Spencer scholar, I would imagine you're definitely vested in the outcome of Spencer and, and you certainly can appreciate the value of Spencer. Absolutely. Yeah. I was one of their master's program recipients, which was a nice award they give up to $10,000. I was able to receive the full amount, which was great. 
And that was really helpful to me at the time. You know, I was working full time doing my MBA part time at NYU and my company was providing some funding, but not all of it. And as you know, those MBA programs can be pretty expensive. So that was really instrumental to me, just completing that MBA. And then once I had the MBA, it was it really changed what I was able to do within the industry. I, I just felt like, you know, it opened a lot of doors for me. And I probably wouldn't be in this position right now if I hadn't done that. Yeah, that's interesting how things turn out. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us get into different career tracks and, you know, we didn't see it coming. And lo and behold, here we are. Let's talk a little bit about Spencer. Uh, for those who are uh, unfamiliar, we had talked earlier about you know some of the other programs. Uh, I think Spencer is probably best known for the scholarship programs, but you know you actually pointed out that there are five programs that Spencer supports. Yeah, so we were formed back in 1979. The organization grew out of the Atlanta Rims chapter, and it's named after Robert Spencer, who was a, a big titan in the industry, who unfortunately died prematurely. So the year after his death, colleagues got together and they formed a, a fund, a scholarship fund. And in 1980, they awarded three scholarships. And if you flash forward to 2020, where we awarded 89 scholarships, it's a great story and it's great progress. But alongside those scholarships, which is about half of our, our giving this year, we do have the four other programs. We also support internships, specifically in risk management departments. So risk managers can apply for those awards. It's already closed for 2021. Unfortunately, we did award 35 internships for next year. But I encourage risk managers to keep an eye on that and apply at the end of next summer for, for 2022 interns. So that, that's something that risk managers can really benefit from. And in 2020, we, we did 26 of those internships. We also send risk managers to campuses. To, to teach classes, to give really that real world perspective to the students. So we have grants for that as well that the university can apply for. And if a risk manager is interested in doing that, they can get on our list of, of names of people that, you know, we keep on file for when a university gets one of those awards and wants someone to come to campus. And then we have general grants, which is anything from sending students to conferences or you know, colleges developing career centers or enhancing their risk management education somehow. You know, those we really look for experiential learning opportunities. And the last one is pretty unique. We provide funding specifically to universities that don't have a risk management course or program, and we help them develop their introductory classes so that you know. Our goal is to have more universities teaching this so then we have more students filling up the pipeline. That makes sense. Makes sense. I think I, I like that last one because to me, it seems like the more we look at business, the more we look at risk and the more important it becomes to have students who are really learning about risk early on. Absolutely. I mean, and that's really the key reason why Spencer exists, right? Everyone talks about this war for talent and the dearth of talent. And, you know, we, we really need to work to make the insurance industry as attractive to students as we know it actually is, right? Anyone who has worked in this industry for a number of years will tell you how dynamic it is, you know, how relationship focused, how much they enjoy it, how proud they are to be in this industry. But, you know, if you're outside of the industry, just the idea of insurance, it doesn't always have that kind of nice rosy feel to it. And it just doesn't have that appeal to the students like some other jobs and careers might. So, 
you know, that that's really key is is trying to get those students interested and get them to stay in the industry. And, you know, our stated mission is to fund the education of tomorrow's risk management and insurance leaders. And I, I just think that that's so critical, especially in this day and age. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a lot of people who've gone through a risk management education program would probably agree as well. And, you know, it is kind of interesting because years ago, it was very common for people to just fall into the industry. And nowadays, a lot of people are intentionally going into the industry and majoring in risk management now. And that's in large part to the growth of these academic programs. Absolutely. Anyone you talk to probably around my age, which I won't state here, but around my age and up, you know, we've all fallen into this industry by accident, right? So that's part of Spencer's goal is let's get students to be more intentional about this. Let's make them aware about it. You know, let's get them excited about it so that we don't just have to rely on people accidentally finding their way into insurance. And we can have, you know, people who are planning to go and studying and, and really creating better talent for the pipeline. You know, that, that's the key. I think another way that you're really helping students at least kind of latch on to the value of risk management is by having this program where you're supporting having a risk manager come on campus and really giving real life examples of what's going on. Yeah, I think those two programs, again, you know, for risk managers, I think those can be hugely beneficial because the the problem with risk management for students is there aren't so many jobs, right, for you to walk out of college and walk into a risk management department. And I mean, really, over the years, risk management departments have gotten whittled down quite a bit to you know, in some cases, just one risk manager or one head of risk in in the whole company, right? Especially if you're looking at a smaller company. So I think it's important for those kids to get those exposures as early as they can, because most likely when they graduate, they're going to end up at a broker or a carrier. But it's hugely helpful for them to have the perspective of the buyer. And I think it really would benefit companies, you know, whether it's a carrier or a broker, to have students that have that background and have had that experience and can see from the perspective of, of the buyer. So 2020 was an interesting year for a lot of people, and I'm sure uh, Spencer had their challenges as well. So how did Spencer make out this year and how did you deal with this whole pandemic situation? Yeah, it, it certainly has been a rough year in so many ways for so many people. Luckily, Spencer, we did okay. I mean, we, you know, we had set our goals for the year before we knew a pandemic was happening. So, of course, we were a little bit short of our goals. But given the pandemic and, you know, the fact that a lot of companies weren't in a position to donate and a lot of people weren't in a position to donate this year, we did surprisingly well. So that was really heartwarming for me because typically we have two main events. Um, We have a 5K that we run in conjunction with the RIMS annual conference. And then we have our gala in September and we couldn't hold either of those. So we had a virtual 5K, which was great. I loved seeing that. And, you know, people are like, what the heck is a virtual 5K? But it was so nice because so many more people could participate that weren't necessarily going to be attending the RIMS conference, right? So typically you would have had to have been physically present for that. And so we were able to capture a wider audience. People could run on their own time. People ran with their dogs, with their families, with their kids. (laughs) And, you know, they just shared their photos online. And and that was really fun and successful. And then in lieu of the gala, we did a a, kind of a month-long fundraising campaign. 
And we were just really pleased to see that our regular annual donors, you know, instead of buying tables and coming and having a nice fancy dinner, they were just able to make donations instead. And through that, and without the expense of of having a physical event, on a net basis, you know, we were pretty much on par with 2019. So just really pleased with that and really grateful to our, our donors and our supporters. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, to net out, you know, roughly even with the year before sounds like an amazing accomplishment. So kudos to you and and your organization. What's on tap for uh, next year? So for next year, since my role was new, you know, we really have kind of taken a fresh look at a lot of things that we're doing, everything from the way our funds are invested and distributed to, you know, what's our strategy going forward. And, you know, some of it is just doing more of what we're doing, but, you know, there are some some other things we'd like to focus on. So Spencer spends a lot of time and funding on people who are already in the industry, which is great. And, you know, I think that should always continue to be the focus. But we also need to start looking even before kids have self-selected into the industry. So looking at those high school students and looking at those college freshmen that haven't decided yet what they wanna do, and really getting in front of those students and explaining to them what this is all about so that they can, again, make that intentional decision to to go ahead and and study risk management and insurance end up in the industry. So I think there's a, a big need there. Again, I think the reputation of the insurance industry for those outside of the industry, you know, we need a little polish on that. And if we can kind of start educating kids earlier and earlier on what it's all about and what insurance really does and, and how it essentially makes the world go round, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll definitely be able to attract a lot more talent to the industry than we have historically. You know, so those are some of the things we're thinking about. And we're hoping we can have some form of a gala this year coming up. We don't know how comfortable people are going to feel getting together in large numbers. But, you know, hopefully by the fall, we'll be able to at least gather in some form. And we have two amazing honorees lined up. You know, I won't announce here. It's going to be announced soon. But, yeah, just, you know, hoping to get the industry to come together and really rally around supporting talent going forward. I share your hope that way. You know, this has been a tough go for a lot of us in the industry who really enjoy getting together face to face and such. So hoping by the fall we can we can definitely do that again. I mean, I think things are trending more positively with the vaccine, although not trending so positively at this very moment in time with respect to the number of cases. We're hoping that turns around. So by the time we actually can release this episode, hopefully things will be in a much better shape. I like the idea of, of approaching students at a younger age and getting them to think about, you know, the insurance and risk management field as a, as a chosen career. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in terms of the trend of, of the skill sets, there seems to be a, more of an emphasis on data skills and, you know, analytical skills and communication skills. And people who, who have the ability to be quantitative but yet can communicate simple terms are very, very valuable and in demand overall. So, you know, anything we can do to promote that, I think would be fabulous because, you know, a lot of people, and I'm just thinking about when my kids were going to college, we talked a little bit about, you know, what were their interests and then picking out schools that could help them develop those interests. And, you know, a lot of people have no idea what they want to do. 
they go to college to try and hopefully get some idea of what they want to do. And sadly, frankly, a lot of them graduate with no idea what they want to do. So I think that's more a knock on the universities, frankly, and not helping to, to really develop those interests and to make their students aware of what the career opportunities can be out there. And I kind of remember the orientation that my kids went to and they talked about how, you know, you really want to follow your passion. And if you have an interest, just go for it. And if it's really something you love, then you'll figure it out. And I, I remember that there was never any connection with, you know, what the career outlook was for those ideas and no discussion at all about, you know, were there going to be jobs? What were those jobs going to pay? You know, could you sustain yourself? Anything like that. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're sort of going off on a tangent here for a moment. But, you know, I do think that if the insurance industry can make a concerted effort to promote the field, then I think a lot more people will see that there is a real career opportunity here and lots of jobs and lots of places for people to really develop, you know, a long-term career opportunity for themselves. So I love to hear more about how that's going to happen. I guess I was a little bit curious to maybe talk about, you know, how Spencer is supported in the industry and what you'd like to see going forward in terms of the support from the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what this year has shown us is that, you know, one, we do enjoy broad support from the industry, mostly from corporations, kind of with or without a gala. So for the corporate donations, what we're hoping to do going forward is not necessarily keep tying funding to the gala only, but to partner with these organizations, you know, to come up with more of a sustaining partner model where they donate a certain amount and, you know, maybe that allows them to attend the gala, have a table at the gala. Maybe they get a sponsorship spot at the 5K as well. But then also, you know, we can create specific scholarships or internships in the name of that company. And we do a little bit of this already, but we haven't combined the two. So it's usually either, you know, you do this named scholarship and we award scholarships in the name of the company, you know, jointly co-branded with Spencer, or you buy tables at the gala. So it's just kind of taking a more holistic view and also helping companies plan. So instead of coming back every year and saying, can you give X and they have to go and get it approved and go through those iterations over and over again, can we just come up with a multi-year pledge, right? Can we say like, how about over the next three years, you give this amount and, you know, we'll administer this many scholarships on your behalf. You know, we'll, we'll invite you to our gala. We'll have your name as a sponsor for the 5K and so forth. And, and whatever else is meaningful. Um, a lot of companies tie their donations to Spencer with their recruiting efforts. So, you know, whatever is meaningful for them to kind of get the word out about internships that they might be hosting or recruiting for their, you know, college grad programs that a lot of these companies have. So we can help with promotion. This summer, for the first time, this past summer, we did a webinar series. So we invited employers to come and talk about different topics, anything from, you know, risk management, like policy wording and very technical aspects of the industry to things that are more general, like career management, or just almost like kind of an infomercial for the, the internship program that that company runs. So we're looking to kind of 
have more of a value add to our donors so that we can understand what's important to them in terms of their recruiting and what they want to see in the talent pipeline and align our actions so that we're able to provide value in that way. And then on the other side is the individual donors. And to be honest, you know, for a long time, 80 to 90% of our annual contributions were through corporations and not through individuals. So we're looking at ways to get individuals to also feel more vested uh, with Spencer, including our alumni, you know, people who've received our scholarship or just other people who are supporters who've benefited from hiring a Spencer scholar or who've benefited from having an intern in their department. So that's really the next step is how do we reach those individual donors and explain the mission and just really make people understand how critical this is because every McKinsey study and (laughs) article that you read about talent for the industry, I mean, there's just this widening gap between the people who are going to retire and the new people coming in. So we, we really need to fill that pipeline. And to your point, Mike, you know, we need people who are savvy uh, in the business world, but also with data analytics, right? We're hoping to partner with more insure tech companies going forward as well. You know, we see these insure tech companies sprouting up all over the place. And just for Spencer to be able to tie in better with those companies and, you know, somehow glean their knowledge and pass that on to students and make students understand what it really takes to be a successful candidate in this evolving industry. That's a big part of what we want to focus on as well. Awesome. That all sounds great. Thinking about how to perhaps grow the donation base and to get people to be more vested in the outcome of what goes on at Spencer, I'd like to say that starting with 2021, on behalf of my company, what I'd like to do is create a donation program where every time I place a Spencer Scholar, then I can make a donation from the fee that I derive from that placement. And I would also carry that over to if I do business where a Spencer Scholar is a client and I'm doing business with them, I will offer the same opportunity. And perhaps that will then spur some additional donations from people that I'm doing business with. So I'd like to offer that as well. Thank you, Mike. We really appreciate that. I I love the idea and I I really love that that you thought of that and that you're willing to do that and, and be so generous. We really do appreciate it. If someone wants to make a donation, how can they go about doing that? Well, they can very easily visit our website. So that's spencered.org. So that's, again, where that educational part of our name is important. So it's spencered.org. And then you'll find a big donate button on there. But, you know, what we'd also like to do, Mike, as we talked about, is put a link on your page. If we can do that and people that are listening to the podcast, you know, from your website, hopefully that link will be right there. And then they can just go click that link and and go to our donation page from your page as well. Awesome. Well, I'll be happy to work that out. We'll uh, talk to our website people and uh, get that set up as soon as we can. I think other than that, we pretty much covered everything. So uh, Megan, thank you very much for your time this morning. It was great to talk with you about Spencer. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate this opportunity. And just a big thank you to all of our donors and anyone who's considering donating or decides to donate after listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. And I'm easy to get in touch with. I love hearing from donors. If anybody has any questions or wants me to explain anything in more detail, I'm always happy to do that. So please just find me on our website and send an email or give me a call and and we'll talk. 
thank you for listening to Should I Stay or Should I Go? Brought to you by Key Strategies LLC, the US insurance and risk management recruitment specialists. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave reviews. Every time you do, it helps others find the show. And if you have any specific career-related questions, please post them or send an email directly to Mike at mtenenbaum at keystrategies.com. He may even answer your question on the show. When you subscribe, you'll also get notifications of when the next episode is available. Hope you join us next time.